Welcome to Guiding Green. On today's episode, we talk about a new marijuana law passed in California. We interview our friend who is a teacher, and we give business advice to Instagram. Thanks for listening to Guiding Green. So what's up with Instagram right now? So Instagram's been under fire because they've deactivated two popular cannabis influencers. And this is per marijuana.com, which is a marijuana news website. And not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But, but if you if you guys want to sponsor, feel free. We have a ton of listeners. So we also have uh we have a ton of listeners. Yeah. But we have an individual studying for the GRE, so we're really good at citing sources. Yeah, because I'm Chicago studying side? for the GRE. A- APA? APA? Oh, gosh. God, dude, That's I the worst. I think of my future Ugh. as an academic researcher if I go in to get a PhD. And I'm like, I'm, I'm all for it except for formatting papers. I'll probably just get like some undergrad to do it for me. Just be like, put this paper in APA. Wait, why are they banning cannabis influencers, though? That's pretty bad. Okay. So, more than 10,000 people have signed a petition calling for Instagram to update its terms of service to allow cannabis advocates and influencers to post content without censorship. So, why are they doing this? The petition has been spearheaded by Best Buyers, a Seattle-based photographer and cannabis social media influencer commonly referred to as Cannabis. And this was one of the posts that they had. On Instagram's release date on October 6, 2010, only five states allowed medical cannabis consumption. As we approach Instagram's eighth birthday, laws have changed. Currently, nine states and the District of Columbia legalized recreational cannabis, and 30 states allowed medicinal use. It seems that the only place legalization is not happening is on Instagram. So I can see why if I'm Instagram, I'd be upset by this. Well, I woke up yesterday morning to find cannabis deleted again. I decided to take action and stated a petition demanding Instagram update their terms of service to include the cannabis community. If you agree, please click the link in my bio, sign the petition, and share. Yeah, it makes no sense for Instagram not to be more open with this because, if anything, they're just losing money. Because. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, the Instagram wants to have more influencers on Instagram. So then more people will have Instagram. So content is king, right? Yeah. They need more content to make more money. Yeah. So they're kind of being stupid. And that's our business advice because we went to business school with really good grades. But you have to look at this more globally. Who owns Instagram? Facebook. And who runs Facebook? Zuckerberg. And who's under fire? Zuckerberg. Yeah, and who do people not trust? Zuckerberg. Exactly. And but think- you'd have to look at who's on the board of that company. and Oh, yeah. And they're probably... Who do you think's on Very the board so. of that company? Not people that smoke weed. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. You think Zuck smokes weed? I think he has once in his life, but it made him like less... 
I, I think he strikes me as a guy who needs to be in control all the time. I feel like maybe he he's like Elon Musk. Elon Musk is like a pothead. Yeah, I smoked weed, but it makes me unproductive. And, you know, they don't call it stoned for nothing. And then like a week later, he bashes his head against a car. He's lost his goddamn mind. Have what? you been reading about Elon Musk? No. Oh, man. He started dating Grimes. I don't know. This is. really obscure indie singer. It's a she or she. Okay. And Grimes kind of sounds. And like she's it. a weirdo. And then Grimes was gonna collaborate with this artist. I think it might have been Missy Elliott, but I could totally be wrong. But some artist and the artist shows up at Elon Musk's house to collaborate with Grimes, but Grimes isn't there, and Grimes is ghosting her. And then she said, Grimes is ghosting him, the artist, who might be Missy Elliott, but I don't really remember. Grimes is ghosting her. Grimes is ghosting her, even though Grimes said she would collaborate with her. So this woman is oh, at Elon Musk's like... house waiting for days to record with Grimes. And she happens to be African-American. And she tweeted that being at Elon Musk's house reminded her of the movie Get Out, which is not a good look for Elon Musk or Grimes. Yeah. Like, no one's going to want to work with Grimes now because Grimes just blows people off. Elon Musk is like, Get Out, which, like... Oh, so they're done. Isn't super surprising. Okay, so that's the straw that breaks the camel's back is when someone says you have the house from Get Out. No, it's just I'm not surprised. Elon is kind of a crazy person. Wait, so is he still with Grimes? I don't know, but he's been... Grimes basically went out and said, yeah, I smoke weed with Elon Musk. Grimes, so this Missy Elliott, but it might not be Missy Elliott, artist tweeted out all of her texts with Grimes, and one of them was saying that Elon has a really nice cock and that Elon smokes weed with her. Which, like, good for Elon. Uh, yeah, good for him. But it's but also Grimes. Like, I, This just makes me think that the Pete Davidson, Ariana Grande thing is just delightful, and I'm glad that... Yeah, it's, it's like a pure love yeah. for our generation. And speaking it, of... It gives something for the rest of us to look out for. Welcome to another episode of Guiding Green, by the way. The only marijuana lifestyle comedy podcast. And sorry about the static buzzing in the background. Um, I think we have a bum XLR cord, but we're not going to be talking for very long because we have an exciting interview with our friend who's a teacher. And Dude, this guy's really smart. Yeah, he's he is way smarter than we are. Yeah, not only is he smarter, he knows how to present his smartness. Because he's a teacher. They like, present. They talk to people all day. Shit. We only like talk to each other sometimes. You know what? I I was just thinking about this when he was talking. Was he talks to us? Like he probably talks to fifth graders more than other people. But he talks to us in a way that our peers don't. Like, yeah. And I think that if you put someone like him in, you know, the Senate, that'd be really interesting because oh, he yeah. just like knows how to transfer his thoughts. But like. Maybe I'm just dumb, and maybe I'm still recovering from last night because I didn't really have much to add. I was just kind of like, yep, this guy's fucking smart. He really knows what he's doing with his life, and I'm proud of him. Yeah, I was thinking— I'm proud of you for getting him on the show. Yeah, I, well, I was. he's a great friend of mine, and I was thinking, man, I just need to like spew out these questions and let him talk because yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't um, say— the stuff he was saying is more important than anything I could think of to yeah. say, so— yeah, get excited for that interview coming up. We talk about this new law in California where, hypothetically, 
if Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson decide to move from New York to Los Angeles, have a baby, have a baby, and that baby has epilepsy, and that baby Ouch. needs. We really hope that doesn't happen because yeah, they're delightful. Yeah, but if you know, if that, like we're all rooting for your future kids. Yeah, yeah. Ariana Grande. Will they be athletes or funny? Probably funny. Uh. None of them seem that athletic. Like Pete's super tall, so he probably can play like basketball or something. Yeah. Ariana, she's just like really tiny, so they could probably sing really well. Hmm. They'd be like a singing comedian. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's cool. I, I yeah, knew, so go ahead and uh, have kids like super fast. Yeah. I don't think she's as tan naturally as she appears. Like I knew her when we were younger and she was kind of like a pale one. Like you look yeah. at her Nickelodeon show and she like has curly hair and What was she Nickelodeon? It was, it was like past our time. Zoe 101. No, but the fuck? I watched Zoe 101. No, she wasn't in Zoe 101. She was in a show called Victorious, which... Oh, with Victoria Justice? Yeah. Yo, Yo. that girl was my OG Nickelodeon crush. Yeah, Vicky, Vicky J, if you want to come on the show, we would love to. No, 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 please. Like, I'm going to have to do this by phone because you're too pretty for me. Like, yeah, let's reach out to her yeah. representatives. Yeah. My, my dad actually knows her dad. Victoria Justice. Yeah, they're like in the same industry. Dude, you don't understand. Like, this was like my dream girl for like ages 13 to like 16. Podcast goals. But anyway, if Ariana and Pete have I'm a baby with right epilepsy now. and they live in California and their kid goes to school in California and they decide that cannabis would be a good medication for in, their kid. In oil or capsule form. Keep that in mind. They, they can now, um, their kid can use that medicine at school to prevent seizures and there was a san francisco teen who was having up to 50 seizures a day because he had epilepsy which epilepsy is just the series of chronic seizures happening over and over again that's my little medical blurb but anyways by being able to use medical marijuana he was able to curb that and now he can go to school and he's a happy kid and that's pretty cool and we're not saying that, you know, you're walking around campus or high school with a, a G pen just like hitting it. That's not what you're doing. This is actually for legitimate medical reasons. And it's cool to watch a state use common sense because in today's day and age, common sense is not very common. Remember when like Zoe 101 was an amazing show and then, and then Jamie Lynn Spears got pregnant at 16 and then that's that's it. Uh, with who? Was a, it a baby? If she had a baby. No, but like. With, with you I would ask, imagine a dude. Whenever you <laughs> ask pregnant with, it's always the other dude, not the baby. Like we know there's a baby. It's like yeah, you, you didn't know. get pregnant with like a chocolate bar. Like that'd be weird. Hey, um, but I'm studying for the GRE, so I'm smart. Oh yeah, your preposition game must be on fleek. Vocabulary. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, anyway, back to this interview. Yeah, we're gonna get to it. Um, we talked about kind of the marijuana and education, but also just about what's it like being a young teacher and a lot of other stuff too. But it's a good one. We want to thank our teacher friend who is remaining anonymous for coming on. And if you have any questions for us, you can send us an email, guidinggreenbusiness at gmail.com or tweet at guiding underscore green. This is Guiding Green. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See you.
welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate you know this podcast being giving teachers a platform to talk about these rapidly changing marijuana laws, especially in California. Yeah. So what are what are your thoughts on that passing from the perspective of a teacher? Uh, I mean, I feel like the law is a great step forward. You know, as a teacher, my priority is the health and well-being of my students. And uh, I think of going off campus for a dose of non-smoking or vapor form uh, marijuana helps those students with epilepsy remain focused in the classroom, then I'm all for it. He clearly did his research. Yeah. Very good. You came prepared, man. Wow. You know, that's that's what I'm about. That's but what you you're, need. but that's, you're a teacher. That's your job. That's my <laughs> job. Yep. You got to prepare. Speaking of, we're here recording. It is September 2nd, which is crazy. Yeah, time's flown by. Time is flying. But you, you start school tomorrow on... Uh, the day after tomorrow, right? Yeah, we do. We, uh, we're going to be welcoming students to our classroom. It's going to be very exciting. Um, I'll be teaching fifth grade this year, and uh, I'm pretty excited to, to see the level of intellectual capability of my students. What um, You taught a younger grade before, is that right? I did teach. I've taught, actually, for the last four or five years, and I've taught everything from kindergarten to ninth grade um, in different, at some point in my educational experience, but um, I spent most of my time in third grade, yes. What do you find is the biggest obstacle going from, like, a lower grade to something like fifth grade? I feel like they're more sentient, like, more conscientious. Can't even say those words right now. They're real people. They're not, um, they're not, like, They're real people. Right. I mean, I think the biggest the biggest change and shift is, you know, a, a larger focus on the content. Um, and, you know, I think in younger grades, especially in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, you're not only teaching them content, but you're also teaching them how to live in the world that they are growing up in. Um, everything from manners to how to respect people to how do they negotiate relationships to how to have conversations. And as you get older, those things become more and more ingrained. And so the kids, well, I call them kids because I like to think of them as kids, but students um, demand more and want to know more. And that's where your content piece comes in. What's the funniest thing a kid did this year? Um, the funniest thing, well, because school starts in the next couple of days, I would say last year um, we had... <laughs> we had some pranks happen at our school in which students nice. would go underneath the stalls and lock them. And so okay. students weren't able to um, actually go to the bathroom because this, the stall was not being occupied. And unfortunately, the students had locked it uh, on the outside. So it was, it, was a, it was a funny prank that we had to kind of have multiple conversations with them about. But yeah, you know, kid stuff. People still using whoopee cushions or... How has technology impacted pranking? <laughs> it's a good question. Well, technology has impacted the classroom in a lot of different ways, but pranking um, has probably resulted in a more negative form. I would say, unfortunately, you probably go down the route of, of cyberbullying and social media, and so that's been a really poor way that technology has, has influenced the classroom, has influenced pranking. But otherwise, um, pranking still exists, probably in more non-technological forms. Okay, so you're in Washington, D.C., right? Yes. And tell us how weed is legal there, but it's very different than Nevada or Colorado or a lot of yep. other places. Do you want to describe what the weed scene is like? 
Sure, sure. Um, well, you know, D.C. has decided to make it legal. Um, and there's a big debate around legalization versus decriminalization. I, for one, um, adopt the platform that Black Lives Matter stands for um, around around uh, medical marijuana issues. Um, and if you wouldn't mind, I'd love to just read their, their statement because yeah. I think it's powerful enough to, to, to have a, as a platform. And that's the, the retroactive decriminalization, uh, immediate release and record expungement of all drug-related uh, offenses and um, reparations for those who are devastating the, who are, who've been devastated by the impacts did, uh, excuse me, by the war on drugs. And I think this is a twofold problem. I think if you just focus on the legalization aspect, you are still promoting um, kind of economic uh, differences amongst those who have had money and have benefited and those who get systematically provided. Those are kind of like the biggest things that I focus on in terms of um, my stance around what DC has been doing around, around pot. But, you know, people have found a way to get around some of these laws because there's ways of gifting marijuana, which I don't take part in, but there's a level of if you sell certain um, goods and amenities in and around D.C., you can exchange those goods and amenities for um, for marijuana. So you pay for a painting and then you get gifted marijuana, and that's the way to get around um, some of these laws. So do you know, do you know exactly what you're getting when you're – being gifted weed or do you just take what they give you if well, you were but which like you I aren't said, like i said i haven't had much experience doing it but yeah. in with friends having the chance to do it um you know they'll, they'll, it's just similar to a uh dispensary in colorado or nevada where they're going to tell you exactly what the strand of pot is um and how much you're getting um and you know whether it's sativa indica or it's a hybrid um, but then you will be getting some other like cookies or painting or something like that, um, that you can then be gifted this pot for. And then as far as medical marijuana goes, what is, and children who need the medicine, how, how are the laws with that in DC? Um, <clears throat> I would have a tough time speaking on that issue. I know that particularly like for my school, we have not adopted any kind of, um, transformative policy where students are able to get dosed off campus um, or any type of marijuana is brought into our school. Teachers who would, you know, who would be caught with possession of marijuana on campus would probably be immediately fired. Um, and so there's, there's very, and I think that's pretty much a blanket feeling of both public and private schools. Um, you're in a private school, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Do you get drug tested? Um, the chances of getting drug tested are present, but um, I have not been drug tested since my uh, since my first year. And kind of not related to that, has your school had any discussions about how they would handle a child who might need, who might be epileptic and need some? marijuana to help them with that well i think that that's why this this law is so interesting in california right because it discusses the fact that um schools can adopt this law it is not enforced or forced upon them by the government and so i think that to be honest it's one of those 
you know, tricky relationships. Because if your school who doesn't have a student who suffers from any type of epilepsy, then I don't necessarily think you need to adopt this the standard. I think it would be great to have a standardization where if you know students who have this issue, that they're able to, to access this type of medicine. But I think that it's we have to be careful about this becoming kind of a gateway law um, to expand marijuana being used for students who have other um, learning differences. I think there's drugs out there that may or may not work um, for students with ADHD or with, with emotional um, distress problems or anxiety. And these are maybe elements where marijuana can help, but maybe they're not. And we all know studies that show that students' brains are still developing. And what? that, you know, that would be impacted if, if they're able to take marijuana. What's your stance on some of those ADD drugs, like, let's just say Adderall? And do you think, like, I'm sure you see some kids that are on it at this young of an age. Or does that kind of, like, worry you? And do you think that introducing something like marijuana could be, like, an alternative? I think that's a great question. Um, you know, I wish I could have done more research uh, ahead of time. Um, and, and, and really, this is, this is a phenomenal area of study because I do think that there's a problem in the United States around overprescribing medication. Um, and working at a school that has students with some learning differences, um, we are seeing more and more of an outcropping of them. And I think, per personally, I think that's kind of a, a symptom of being in such a technological world where this, this kind of uh, the input around you know, noise and, and volume, like noise level and um, screen, that screen time has really increased the level of um, ADHD and hyperactivity in the brain. And so I think that in some ways marijuana could be seen as a great, um, a great medicine for that. So hmm. if, if, the, if, you know, if new research comes out that shows that, this, that marijuana could be helping these types of students in a, in a way that doesn't negatively impact ADHD, uh, you know, they're ADHD students in the classroom, then I'm all for it. Dude, I just have to make an aside statement here. I'm, as I say, in every episode of the show, I talk about how I'm currently studying for the GRE. And uh -huh. something uh -huh. I've noticed is that I can't focus at all compared to how I was able to focus on things as a kid. And I think a lot of that is the technology and the screen time and all the stuff that's been going on and kind of invaded my life in the past decade. And I can only imagine how, how hard it is for kids now who completely grow up with this stuff to like focus. And, and I think as a teacher, I'm wondering if you have to teach kids now differently than maybe the way that we were taught, where you have to keep in keep in mind this addiction to technology and just constant stimulation that students face now. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's absolutely true and it's absolutely present in the classroom. Um, this summer I uh, attended a fantastic workshop that discussed writing um, and just in terms of how lessons are formulated for students now have shifted because of the attention span that students are able to have. You know, back when I was a child, this idea of you know, put put your kid in front of a screen, and then you and then parents can do whatever they want. That was that was a a um, a strategy that some parents used here and there. Now it's becoming so pervasive where kids are beginning handed iPads and and different um, forms of technology 
all the time, whether they're in the car or at home. Whenever the, whenever the parent doesn't want to be doing something with their kid, they are giving them a screen. And so what that's done is it's changed the way lessons are, are, are formed and, and are planned. And basically the way that's shifted is before when I was a kid, you'd have teachers stand up in front of the classroom, maybe teach writing or math or reading um, for you know, 20 or 30, 40 minutes. And then you know, we would get to work for 10, 15 or 20 minutes. Now, because kids can't focus for that long, you are seeing a lot of lessons be formed for the first maybe five to 10 minutes, you know, 10 to 12 minutes. And then after that point, you have to let kids be able to go do the activity that you, that you presented. So you might be teaching them about narrative writing, for instance, and how to write narrative pieces in your writing. And you can only spend 10 minutes on that. And then you let the kids go and expand on their own narrative writing rather than, you know, presenting a whole volume of who, you know, what's been examples of great narrative writing and your own piece of narrative writing and all these other things. Kids just can't pay attention for that long. Yeah, that that's kind of sad. It is really sad. It is sad. It is sad. But I think that it also encourages the teacher to kind of give the students more agency, right? The kids get to now have more leadership and, and ability to express themselves in the classroom rather than us being teachers who just you know give knowledge to our students we are now kind of have a different relationship with them where they are having to um you know be be a substantial part of their own learning experience so to kind of divert here you're you're pretty young you're in your mid-20s is that that's right that's correct yeah so what as a young teacher where do you see yourself in 10, 20 years? What are your, what are you hoping to achieve in your career as an educator? That's, that's a great question. And I think I wish, if you more. know, I'm sorry. If that's... No, no, I think, um, luckily I've had experiences talking to, uh, talking about this subject with friends. And I think that, you know, to be honest, a young a young teacher and young person in their 20s needs to be having these types of conversations because you can really understand like how you're going to grow and where the places you are are going to impact where you're going to grow. But, um, you know, 10 or 15 years down the road, I see myself, um, you know, hopefully starting my own school. That's been a that's been a goal of mine since I was young. I found that especially public education um, through more of the bureaucracy and the um, the way you know it's funded uh, through through property taxes and so forth needs to shift and needs to change. And so I found that because of my background in um, history and political science, um, I found that I could I could have the opportunity to start my own school if if I do necessary steps, whether that's you know getting a master's in in finance or business to or leadership, um, all the way up to working in education for several more years. And hey, then, hey, dude. You know, yes. if you need business help, you can hire us because we graduated from business school with really good grades. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. So yeah. I, this is the, these are the types of relationships that I'm happy to have. That's why I'm going to need you. I'm going to hopefully we'll have a relationship for 10 or 15 years. And you become my uh, my financial advisor. I have to say that Guiding Green would be more than happy to support your future school. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, that sounds wonderful. I might not be one so closely tied, but I appreciate the uh, <laughs> I appreciate the the relationship for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll change the name for we'll we're yeah we'll <laughs> talk we'll talk we'll talk. talk. It'll I'll be talk. an advisory radio. Yeah, it'll be under under the under the radar. So describe I guess describe what your what your school would be like and how is it how would it be different 
than schools that exist now. And yeah, if you want to, if you know, if you want to talk about that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, thank you. This is, this is a, a goal that's still very much, um, you know, s- swirling around in my head, something that I would need to work out the kinks. And this is where probably the more of the finances need to come into place. But I think that, um, what I've come up with so far is a school that pays their teachers above what teachers are getting paid. So I, I think that having teachers be um, be seen as valued members of the society and the community is, the, is, is a huge aspect. And so what that means for the platform of the school is have high expectations. Um, we are going to provide material, with, no matter what discipline, from a variety of perspectives. Um, and that allows the students to be critical thinkers and, and kind of delineate what is truth for them. Um, and then, you know, present material from a, from a myriad of, of um, not only perspectives, but, but um, of learning styles, right? So if you're, if you're a student who is typically a vis- visual learner, we are going to present things in a kinesthetic way, or we're going to present things in an audio um, way so that you can you know, diversify your own ability to respond to content from those different forms. Um, but this school would be, you know, completely free. Um, and, you know, again, as you can see, it starts to add up. You have a completely free tuition and you have, you're paying your teachers higher where you're going to get this money from. So ideally I'd have to do a lot of grant work. Um, this would be a school, hopefully K to 12, um, that'd be grounded in social justice, um, and, and progressive education ideas. Um, and uh, be, be fairly close to a city, not necessarily in the suburbs, but have access to the amenities of a city because I think that students being able to have that globalized mindset um, is, is essential for them becoming global citizens. Wow. As, um, as an educator, we, we've been curious um, to know what advice you would give to some people that are new to podcasting who are trying to make a hit podcast? How can we? How can we make it better? That's that's a <laughs> difficult question. And I have um, a follow up. I think that yeah, that that definitely puts me on the spot. Um, you can just I, say that we're perfect already. That's okay. That's an acceptable <laughs> answer. I, I I'm I'm excited to hear your first episodes, and so in that regard, I think the only way I can critique is if after I've really. Um, you know, heard, heard the first episode. Uh, but I think that like having multiple perspectives and having maybe, uh, perspectives that don't necessarily agree with each other might be a good, um, you know, a good form, um, being obviously like you already, you two have already been, but just very much, uh, rooted in the content, rooted in, in what you know, and then really asking deep vulnerable questions that, that put your uh, people on the spot like you just did. Your guest on the spot. Yeah. What's your follow-up, Sean? So my question is, if you see, like, I guess I guess you would be in your young 20s, but what would you tell someone that's in their young 20s and they're thinking about a career and being an educator? Like, why, what are some of the reasons they should do it? And then what are some of the reasons they shouldn't? Like, what do they not tell you? <sighs> that's, that's, um... That's the crux of it, right? Uh, everyone wants like a little bit of a shortcut or the, the ins and outs. I mean, I don't know. I think this whole idea of those who can't teach is is really a toxic idea. Um, I think that it de- teaching demands a lot. 
teaching demands that you are always on and that you are always aware of um, your students in the classroom and what they need. Um, having discussions with other educators shows me that there's this kind of commonality, especially amongst good teachers, that there's this commonality of recognizing and, and being on for the time when your students are at school. Um, that's, it requires a lot. You know, other people who work at desk jobs don't have the convenience um, of having a summer off, but they also have the convenience of sitting at their desk if they, you know, need to take a break for a couple of hours and they can, you know, watch Netflix or do their own, you know, their own work in their own lifetime. Um, this is, you can't really do that in education. You have to be, you have to be on or you have to be aware. Um, you know, it's not going to be a self-fulfilling job, but I think for me personally, I, I, I come back to Bell Hooks's idea of teaching as the practice of freedom. And it's this idea that students really need to see their educators as, as people who are showing them a, a different side of the world and different side of life and shows them the, the ills of society and how to be critical thinkers and how to, how to understand the world around them. Yeah. What's your favorite Bell Hooks book? Good, good question. Um, I read Teaching to Transgress, which is a phenomenal book um, that's kind of pulled from educational theory from Heim Gannat and uh, Paulo Freire, who are kind of the, the, the godfathers of education in a lot of ways. Um, talk about pedagogy of the oppressed and, and, and several other books. Um, but I'm reading a book called All About Love right now by Bell Hooks that um, has really struck my fancy. <laughs> that one's really good. I would also, for all the listeners, recommend reading Communion by Bell Hooks. And this is a formal invitation. If Bell Hooks whatever, would ever want to be on this podcast, we would be thrilled to talk to her because I love her writing just makes it makes a lot of sense. And I really enjoy reading her stuff. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, she's incredibly impactful and is so diverse in her thinking um, and what she writes on that it's, she's just, she's the, you know, one of the most prolific writers of our time. And um, I would really recommend it. Maybe that'll be the next podcast. She also, she has a really sweet pen name too, because that's not her real name. I think her real name is Gloria or something, but I, I think coming up with Bell Hooks was a smart career move on her part. I would agree. I would agree. I, I've always wondered what my pen name would be if I wrote a book. But I, I was just about to ask. I don't know. I, I feel like I need to write a book first. But yeah, you have to write a book first? Yeah, I agree. That'll, yeah. that'll be sometime in the future. That might ha Yeah, hopefully. Um, maybe. But um, we just want to say thanks for coming on. We love, love talking to teachers and probably on behalf of both of us, we think that Teaching is a very, very difficult and important profession. And I have more respect for my teacher friends than I do for my other friends who have other jobs. So like me, <laughs> like you. <laughs> but have you well, like, well, like, like I said at the beginning, I, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to just share my own thoughts around this new law. And, um, and to the producers of Guiding Green. This is a, a really fun podcast, and definitely listen up. Yeah, and we'd, um, we'll definitely call you back to have you back in the future. Thanks so much, man. Sounds great.
we have a correction to something said earlier in the episode. Uh-oh. The artist that was hoping to collaborate with Grimes was actually Azealia Banks, not Missy Elliott. But here at Guiding Green, we do think that Missy Elliott is extremely talented. And, and a pioneer for women's hip-hop, along with Lil' Kim. Yeah. And... uh I'm craving kimchi for some reason. I love kimchi. I had it for the first time at Korean barbecue where we went the night after we recorded episode one. We're like literally immediately after. We didn't have any furniture, like barely any furniture. And now we have, I think like five couches in this house. It's nuts. We have five couches. Yeah, couches and TVs, I think, are the key to a dude's crib. Um, but really quickly, before we get started... Uh, I would just like to say that... You mean before we get finished? Before we get finished, yeah. yeah for those of you fatigued by us all. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, that interview was very insightful, and he knew his material. It's just I feel like the only thing I contributed was the evolution of whoopee cushions in our education system. And I'm, I'm actually shocked because I think we need to bring it back, the whoopee cushion. Like, guys, it's hilarious. People are farting. And they think they're sitting on a chair. You get a few guffaws. It's awesome. It's incredible. Um, and we need to include that in our elementary curriculum. You good? That. I think that's yeah. That, that was pretty much my. And argument. why why weren't you on top of your your shit on this interview? <coughs> uh, so the uh, I'm uh, what some people would call a raver. So I, I attend these shows on the weekends, and uh, Vegas has this really cool venue called the Downtown Las Vegas Center Events Center, and that's where Life is Beautiful will be. Um, they actually had this lineup of a lot of Dirty Bird artists, and so it was like Sindin, Golf Clap, Walker and Royce, and Chris Lake, and that last name is uh, an artist that many people might know. He just makes very bouncy house that people just kind of shake their booty to. So it was like a techno sort of day. And uh, I had a $19 tequila margarita. Ooh. And uh, a lot of dollars. That Rip Jewel and uh, some Bragadol. Rip Jewel, shout out to our resident young people. Yeah. Teaching us about Jewel. Um, Well, we knew about the before. So I actually had this other. Um, vape called uh, a fix and then some dude had a g-pen so we were hitting that i miss my g-pen g-pens are like i think i have it i was gonna give it to you oh fuck where is it no i don't have it i don't I know. had some technical difficulties with my g-pen okay yeah so anyways we uh just throughout the night i got more drunk and drunk and drunk but it was a good happy level drunk no no sadness and uh are you ever a sad drunk? I don't know. Some it's people are. I um I'm like a let's go. Whenever whenever I have like a family wedding or something, I get to see the variety of drunk because me and my dad, we are happy drunks and get really lovey dovey and shit. It's kind of embarrassing. Oh uh, like and Coke Love. I have some uncles who are like fighter drunks and they just like throw punches and shit and that's never fun that's that irish but it's in like you isn't it fun. that's that irish are we are i don't know if we're irish i, I thought you were get a dna test um you're probably irish my mom's side is native american okay distantly yeah i'm just brown if you google 
Chief. I mean, I'm finished. If you Google Chief and then my first name, yeah. you can, it's like a real Chief. It's like something like that. But my first name is my mother's maiden name. So Yeah, I'm not brown. And then I'm I, finished. anyway, I have like other relatives who are like sad drunk. They cry yeah. all the time. No, I'm I'm not. I'm, brown. Hav- I'm happy that I'm a happy drunk because yeah. I think that's the best kind of drunk. No, I'm I'm uh, I'm not brown. I'm Finnish, so don't worry about that, guys. Yeah, yeah, we're from Finland. We're from Finland. Uh, shout Podcasting out Laurie Markkinen from Finland. We're in the capital of Finland. Shout out Laurie Markkinen, uh, rookie for the Chicago Bulls. Fuck, I feel like you shouldn't say that if you're from Finland. We're uh, we should have shout out Pimsky Broadcrest. <laughs> I'm the Captain of the footy team. Shit. I'm not very cultured. No. We're just a couple of boys in Las Vegas. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah. We have the right amount of culture. I'm new. I'm still figuring Las Vegas out. I've only lived here for like three weekends or so. Well, I had fought yesterday. I'm coming up on a month. It'll be a month next weekend. What are you going to do for your month anniversary? I don't know. Turbulence. I about it. Yeah. Crazy. Turbulence is a pool party at a water park, and there will be a DJ. Possibly. I have to look at my financial assets and see. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'm running pretty lean right now just because of all the tickets I've had to buy. Yeah, you've been going pretty wild. Las <laughs> Vegas, though, it's kind of crazy. There's, I go wild, but I also know how to keep it within control. Las Vegas is really s- like big, but it feels small sometimes, but then it feels big sometimes. And yeah, I don't understand. Oh, here's an update for the listeners. If you didn't tune into episode one, you should listen to that. But I am in that phase of the year where I go to the gym for two weeks and really dedicate myself. And nice. And I was doing rows for my back because uh-huh. that's a thing that Kevin um, Spacey does. Apparently, uh, yeah. R- <laughs> Did you say R.I.P.? <laughs> R.I.P. Like people liking you. Yeah, R.I.P. Like you're a person. Like R.I.P. Yeah, you as like a go away. Fuck you, Kevin Spacey. Um, you're a dick. Fuck yeah, you, bitch. Fuck you. Yeah. No offense. The worst, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck like you. Terrible. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you on this. Yeah. yeah. Fuck Kevin Spacey. Fuck that. Not guy. in the way he wants that fucking. Perfect. Anyway, I'm doing the row machine. <coughs> this guy comes up to me and he's like, "Yo, man, you mind if like we switch off after every set?" <laughs> <laughs> protein and i was like trying to listen to a podcast and which podcast i was listening to pardon my take of and course <laughs> and um shout out and what episode was it i let it was whatever one was on okay last week it was the college football one. Oh, okay that was a bit boring yeah, it wasn't. That was why I was fine with this dude interrupting me. But he yeah. kept talking to me. Even when he was lifting, he was just like, uh, yeah, lift, lift, yeah, lift. I lift. Smoke to sativa, lift. In the parking lot, lift. Wait, is this the same guy? And now I'm lifting so much, lift, lift. Yeah. Is this the same guy that came up to you and was, like, talking to you? Yeah, and then he talked to me mm-hmm. about the legalization of lift steroids lift have you seen the movie i love you man lift. with paul rudd no and uh jason siegel yeah yeah you've seen it no but i know that okay that's uh there's a trainer in there and it's he sounds like this guy yeah you just like lift i'm i wish steroids were legal you to lift you need to watch this movie you need to watch this movie because the steroids were legal lift lift 
then I wouldn't be a criminal anymore. Lift. And I'm like, oh, sick, dude. Hey, so what do, you, what do you feel about CrossFit? Lift. It's just like <laughs> people who are just like, I'm going to lift. <laughs> and without further ado. That, like, that was like so Paul Ruddy. Lift. Anyway, without further ado, here's the song of the day. Hope you enjoy it. This is Guiding Green. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Today's song of the day is Promethea by Petunia. They're a band from Philadelphia known for their really good live shows. So enjoy Promethea by Petunia. This is Guiding Green. You have come such a long 